We are back on the Illenials podcast. Uh, it's another week. I'm Smith. Still Seth. Sadly. And this is Illenials uh, second, uh, our second Stormwatch episode of 2018. Yep. Stormwatch is uh, coming in hot this year thanks to no climate change at all. No, none at all. Nothing has changed the climate. Why do you ask? Yep. Why do you guys keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. <laughs> who said who said shit about climate change? What are you yeah. talking about? But that's as it is it is an interesting thing. If if you haven't heard about it, listeners, you can now learn about climate change through uh Fortnite streams. Mm-hmm. There are scientists who because climate change has gotten has gotten so bad and awareness needs to be higher, have decided that one of the only ways to get through to younger people is to stream Fortnite while talking about it. And it is both Kind of genius and kind of sad. That's what the links we have to go to to get people educated. Well, here's the thing. I saw a tweet from Wired, right? This is my reference here. Yes. And I take issue with the wording of this tweet. Okay, the tweet says, Twitch isn't just home to elite gamers. On one channel called Climate Fortnite, climate scientists are discussing issues of global warming while playing Fortnite, hoping that Twitch's massive reach will get their message in front of more eyeballs. This seems disparaging to those scientists because who's to say they aren't also elite gamers? Wow, that's the part that you found interesting about the tweet was that these climate change scientists might be like top tier gamers as well. They could be. You, hey, we don't know that. Why are we? Why are you disparage them in tweet? I mean, come well, on. Let, I'll open up the Twitch channel and see if they're as good as Ninja. We'll, we'll find out. Is Ninja good at, at good at Fortnite? Yeah, he's very good. So it's not yeah. just is he, is he also like entertaining? Yeah, he's supposed to be. Okay. I'm not I just, super into it, but yeah, he's very, very good at the game. I've just seen some people who are very popular who you know aren't necessarily good at the game, but I guess... Yeah. I guess he might not be the best be. player in the world, but he's probably like top 20 or so. Okay. Yeah, he's very good. But yeah, it's like, it's crazy that, that this is what we're resorting to now. Is, yeah, I feel like Twitch. there's a bunch of scientists who are just like, literally no one is listening to us. And then they're just like, well, let's just... Let's play Fortnite. Maybe that'll work. Like they're literally like at the, they're at the bottom of their list of things they can do to educate people. They're like a hundred and fifty items into this list, and just American ignorance has just withered them down to playing Fortnite on Twitch. Also, I don't know how search algorithms work, but they should have called themselves Fortnite Climate instead. Go ahead Why? and put Fortnite at the front. So that's the first thing I'll type in. Oh. Yeah, trick them. Nobody, no one in the world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Yeah, well, Twitch's search system is so bad, it might just pop up if you type in Fortnite as well. <laughs> I hear that a lot about a lot, a lot of sites have bad search engines these days. Twitch has one of the most awful searches I've ever used. Oh, wow. So you kind of just have to know what you want to watch on Twitch. So that's why no one watches my stream. Okay, I see. Yeah, that's why. That's the reason why no one can find it. Yes. Yeah. No one searching for someone playing Alien Isolation five years after it came out. Hey, listen, that game is still good, though. It's good. So? <laughs> and I want to watch it. Uh, that's true. But okay. True. All right. All right. For real, though. What's next? Hurricane Michael yep. uh, came out of nowhere. Uh, Barreling towards Georgia and Florida right now. Currently assaulting the, the shores of Florida. Uh... 155 mile an hour winds when it, when it made landfall. Category 4 hurricane. Strongest hurricane to hit America since 1969. Third strongest hey, in American nice. history. Yeah. Third strongest hurricane in American history. Or in recorded yeah, wh- history of, of the American. When did this US. one even happen? 
I'm still living in the nuclear fallout that is Hurricane Florence. <laughs> um, so where you're at, it wasn't that bad, right? No, not even a little bit. It literally rained one day. Okay. And not even the whole day. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I didn't have work today. I don't have work tomorrow either. I probably won't have work on Friday. Um, oh, because, are they shutting, they're shutting down everything there? Yeah, it's all shut down. Damn. Fuck, I wish I was still there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you can't, you can't do anything. There's no, nowhere is open right now. And I'm like, guys, the, the hurricane is hitting tonight at midnight. We have a whole day first. People like to, you know, they've got to get the, uh, there's a great, great episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, you know what I'm talking about, the the perfect storm, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of describe this whole, the media hype cycle for a storm. So they, uh, the media, the news gets you all flustered at the storm. So then you go out and you buy everything from the local grocery store, which just puts money into their pockets. And then everything shuts down. You go home, you, you huddle up and then, you know, m- mostly nothing ever happens. Um, of course, places get affected. But a lot of times, especially like where I was, where they were like, buy all the water, buy all the bread, you will be out of power for a month, and nothing happened. It kind of goes to show you that some some of this media sensationalizing is getting a little much. It's called disaster capitalism. Exactly. And it is uh, fucked up. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I'd say that, especially the price gouging, that's insane to me. Price gouging is, is fuck that. Yeah, it's just that's just literally taking advantage of people who are who think they're doing the right thing, you know, who think they're trying to just protect themselves and their families, and you're just trying to hurt them intentionally. Yeah, I mean, earlier I was watching the news and it was like, here's a, here's the view from Panama City and it's it's hitting right now, and it's like it's like a single camera that's looking at a, a, a palm tree that's being whipped around in the wind at the top, and I'm like, yeah, seems bad. Devastation. <laughs> I mean, I saw some things, like a guy almost got hit with a two-by-four, and like a roof got ripped off of a place, but like, all in all, it's not like city-flattening destruction yet. And also, you gotta admit, a guy getting hit by a two-by-four because of a storm? That's kind of funny. I, I mean, here's the thing, it depends on how it hits him, right? If it goes in long ways, uh, no, that's that's terrible, but if it's like sideways, it hits him up the flat edge, okay, that's funny. Like, if you got speared <laughs> by a two-by-four, not so funny anymore. I think both are kind of funny. <laughs> it's darkly so, humorous. Yeah, like a Tyler Perry movie. Um, <laughs> um, but so yeah, it's like all those people, all they're exploiting people to try and get them to go and buy stuff and, and be worried. And then when the actual storm happens, it takes forever to get any kind of aid to come. Like, all right, I'll put it this way. Where am I at right now? The storm has still not hit. It's not scheduled to hit us until midnight. But the power at our grandpa's house is already off right down the road. Hmm. But of course, interesting. where we live, the maintenance of the power lines is so bad that, I mean, a, a gust of wind over like two miles an hour will, will send an entire area out of power for a, a day. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes they're just... They're like, oh, a storm's coming. Let's just cut off some of this power. Let's save some money this month. <laughs> you know, like I that know. would not surprise me at all, actually. Yeah, that's a capitalist I mean, pro move, right there. It's very. That's a that's a that's a pro move. 
But yeah, it's kind of it's obviously very fucked up. So I just I hope that's not the case. But I, part of me just feels like it might be. Yeah. Here's my question. Okay, I've always wondered ever since I was a child. No one has ever managed to give me a a, a, a good answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Why don't we put power lines underground? It's very expensive. Okay, and that's I'm pretty sure that's the only reason. Because I remember um, back when I used to work for this IT shop uh, back home. Um, There's one of our clients. He was a very very wealthy guy, and he had his he had his power cables like grounded. They were everything was grounded. Um, um, or underground, and I remember when we first came up there, my manager was like, oh, wow, he has ground power. That's very, very, very expensive. I was like, oh, I guess also nobody has it. So I guess that's the only barrier to entry is that it just costs a lot and people don't want it to, don't want to pay money, so. Interesting. I, mean, I was just thinking like, okay, take 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 profit out of it or take take money out of the equation, right? Let's say that, that uh, money is no object in that situation. Mm-hmm. Which oh, it well, I mean, you've you described things. a perfect society. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, in most yes. situations, the reason that money is tight is because it's being hoarded somewhere, and you can't yes. be spread around. I, 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 got, I feel like we, we would have a lot less problems with power going out if power lines were buried underground. Of course we would. Or at the very least, if they were like... You know, uh, in like a con, like in concrete enclosures, like a, like uh, on the ground or something. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, it would be nice, but once again, it's you like you said. If money wasn't part of the equation, it'd be great. But you're also describing the society we one day want to live in, but don't currently. So what we're saying though is, that in the communist world, we will we will bury the the power lines. Yes, or we'll take away power. Either one. I don't know which one. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll perfect Nikola Tesla's design for the wireless power transmission. Exactly. We will not let that incredible idea die. Isn't that what Apple uses in their phones now? The QI or whatever charging? Yeah, I guess. I know who it's like knows? super short range, but it works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a friend who uses that, and I guess it's the same idea. It's like, just do that, but for everything. Let's build giant Tesla towers and power shit from with no wires nikola tesla towers nikola tesla oh yeah you gotta, you gotta say that now not the bad tesla there's bad tesla there's good tesla yeah there's best la best <laughs> oh man um speaking of of a uh, bad tesla of evil tesla um not much i've i've heard that like a, a a judge is pushing back on the idea of letting elon musk stay in as ceo really yeah I, I heard one of the judges was like saying no he should step down from that too man it is interesting to see a story about a qualified judge in america yeah right we, we haven't been seeing many of those so yeah, it's man. nice to see a, a a lawyer with a good head on their shoulders yeah, it's one of those things where you're just so not used to seeing Judge. it. It's like, because uh, uh, lawyers are generally just scumbags, and judges even more so. So seeing one who's actually like, hey, this guy should actually probably pay a bigger price than what we said to him, uh, you know, it's good. Oh, and complete side note on the subject of lawyers being scum. Listeners, if you have not watched... All of Better Call Saul, you are missing out. They just did the season finale this week, and it was bonkers. It's a very good show. It's a very good show. I have caught up, yes. Oh, you did? 
Yeah. Okay, cool. We got something to talk about after the podcast then. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, Better Call Saul. Great, great show about a guy who... He operates like you would like 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 I guess like you think lawyers probably do, right? He he's fun to root for because yeah. he is in a lot of ways kind of the way a lot of us feel. And it very much was driven home this season especially, is that he is a person who no spoilers here, who has tried and tried and tried to do everything the way you're supposed to. He did all the stuff you're supposed to do. He did it by the books. He did everything right. And for some reason, just because he didn't always do things right or because he wasn't always doing things right, he does not have the lot in life that he was promised or that he um, would would you'd think he deserved from all the work he's put in. So he's had to decide to operate outside of those bounds, and it's the only way for him to actually get what he deserves. So. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. It's not, it's not hard to root for the main character, despite knowing that he's not actually the best kind of person. I would say that in the world that we live in currently, um, I would say that, that uh, Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman, is not necessarily is not even that bad of a guy. He's not hurting no. anybody. No, he's. I mean people get hurt here and there sure is it entirely his fault no um so yeah but that's our little sidetrack watch better call Saul. obviously if you haven't seen breaking bad you should watch that as well but better call Saul is a fantastic show you know what i think after time seth for like we, we need to talk about like the police we need to talk about law we need to talk about justice Order. all that stuff yes. here because just this last week um the thing we talked about for basically two weeks in a row, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, I mean, he got they, vote, they voted for him. He got he got uh, appointed to the to the Supreme Court, and now he'll be there for his entire life. He'll be there for our entire lives. You and I well, will probably be long dead before he is before he is out. We'll see about that. He's much older than both of us. I mean, well, if, um, if things continue on the current course, we'll be dead. Uh, we'll talk about other true. paths things could go down. Um, but yeah, so doesn't matter that he's a rapist. Doesn't matter that he lied on the stand before before the Senate. None of that mattered. No, no of none. No single reasoned argument or fucking uh, a fact disproved their their resolve to appoint this man. Like they had made their minds up before any evidence was put in front of them. Yeah, it was it was a done deal before it even started. And there was here's the thing people people have been talking about oh he might withdraw or he might uh, they, they might vote against him I, I've been resigned to him being the new Supreme Court justice since his name was announced it didn't matter and I knew it all along yeah well I mean what honestly people out there what were they thinking were they, did they really think this wasn't gonna happen did they really think the odds weren't in his favor ever it's like, it's just how it is yeah there's nothing you can do and then. You know, all the even the Democrats are like fucking pussies. They're just like, oh yeah, we'll still endorse candidates and people who you know support Brett Kavanaugh, and we have no, we'll all vote, we'll vote yes. Who cares? It's it's all it's just how the system works. Can we go ahead and just say, by the way, on this podcast, fuck Joe Manchin. Yes. Fuck first you. of all, your last name probably means you're terrible in the first place. <laughs> And second of all, fuck you. 
Joe Manchin is a Democrat, for those who don't know, who votes with the Republicans probably 80% of the time. On, and he voted for, for Brett Kavanaugh. And do you know what the Republicans are going to do in return for him? What? They're running a challenger against him anyways. Wow. It does not even matter. And you know what he said? You know, you know what his response was, by the way, when people asked him why he voted for Kavanaugh? What did he say? He said, I, str- I, I tried to not make a political decision. I didn't want to bring, bring politics into it. Motherfucker, you're a politician. And what the fuck? That's your job. You do you, politics. You are one of the people who should at all times bring politics into their decision. How are you going to be an elected official and say that you want, you're not going to play politics? That's your job description. Yeah, that's like... That's like if you get drafted first round of the NFL as a quarterback, and you're like, I don't throw the ball, okay? <laughs> I don't do that anymore. That's just not who I am. I can't bring throwing the ball into this game. I'm not here to play football. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Absolutely fucking insane. And a lot of these, a lot of people said, oh, we don't want to bring politics into it. We don't want to make a partisan decision. What the fuck? They did not respect that rule at all, ever. The other side never plays by those rules. Why are we bending? Why are not we? Sorry. Why yeah, are we. Democrats bending to it? Yeah, we've talked. I mean, this is a, something we've talked about since probably episode one is that the Democrats continue to bend and bend and bend and bend for the Republicans and not fucking once the Republicans have to bend to the Democrats. And anytime they seemingly bend, they make the Democrats bend eight times just to get there. It's like it's it's. I mean, I don't know why anyone thought this is still the, the truth after what happened with met with Obamacare when they did hours and hours and hours and hours of debate. They let the Republicans make two hundred some amendments to it and then put it to a vote and got zero Republican votes. Not a single Republican voted for it. That should have been a signal to them that the game has done changed. Yeah, it's the over. They're the not playing by those up. rules. The, the, the Democrats are sitting there trying to play fucking checkers while the Republicans have flipped the board over and are burning the house down. Great analogy. They do not give a shit. They, 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 the rule book does not exist anymore. It's, it's Calvin Ball. They will make up rules to please themselves whenever. So the Democrats need to fucking grow a spine and stop fucking around here. Yeah, they won't, and- but they should. It's going to be, the day they get the spine is the day that we start electing actual socialists into, into our system. I mean, yeah. Until then, we're kind of fucked. And here's the thing. Uh, uh, the, the, the longer time goes on, the more I see that nothing is going to ever get done, the more I come around to the fact that, that we are not going to solve it by voting. It's not going to be solved by voting. It's not. It can't be. It would take a million years to solve it by voting, and we don't have a million years left on this planet. So, Oh, do you know how many we have, by the way? How many? We have 22 years. Left on this planet? According to the UN, in 22 years, the effects of climate change are going to start hitting us in full force, and it'll be too late to turn back from full-on, something like 6 degrees Celsius uh, uh, temperature change. Damn. We have probably until 2030 to really get our shit together, and 2040 is the cutoff date. We have 22 more years before our fate basically is decided, according to a UN like panel of scientists who did the research. This report has been in the works for years. That's what I came up with. We got 22 more years. Damn. 
It's not going to get done through the system. The system is broken by design. It's on purpose that way. Yeah, I know. That's, um, after the UN report came out, a bunch of people and like CNN were like, oh, here's some stuff you can do to cut down on this. You know, recycle, do this, do that. And then I saw a great reply that was like, yeah, but uh, the biggest corporations in the world cost 71% of pollution, so maybe they should be the one taking this advice and not individuals, you know? Exactly. Saying that what's happened is a, a fault on individuals' behavior is, um, as this person said, um, what was it, journalistic malpractice. You know what's funny, and though? I agree. You know what's really funny about that? Is cl- climate change is the, res- is the result of, this, of individuals' re- uh, actions. But it's those individuals who have an inordinate amount of power over the rest of our lives. It's not you and me and Joe on the street, the regular people. It's the people at the top. Their individual decisions are ruining the world because they refuse to let go of their wealth. Yep. So it's not our fault. It's not every... They're trying to say that it's everybody's fault. No, no, no. No, no. It's a smaller people's fault. It's their fault. And here's the thing about the Supreme Court, since we're still kind of talking about that is I, I have decided, and I, this is not me just saying this, but it's, it's pretty true, is that the Supreme Court is an undemocratic institution. I mean, yeah. That's because who, who, who put people on it? The politicians. Right, but like, okay, the, the president, president is elected by the, by the Electoral College, which is an undemocratic institution. Yes. It, it, it defies the will of the popular vote. Like, two presidents who have now lost a popular vote have appointed four justices four on the Supreme Court. Four justices. So the, they do not have the mandate, the will of the people. The senators who voted for, for, for uh, Brett Kavanaugh represent like 150 million people. The ones who voted against him are 180 million people. What does that tell you? Yeah, it just tells you that our system is... it's flawed by design yeah and like the electoral college was designed as a check a way to make sure that the idiots don't elect someone like trump basically some demagogue but the situation now is that it gives places that have less people way more power than the rest of the people that do have people like the cities and the populated states on the coasts it gives those places way more power and i guess the fear is that if the urban areas control the politics the rural areas will suffer, but I'm looking at what rural areas are putting up for, for election, and I'm thinking, hey, maybe the urbans should be in charge of this shit. Yeah. And then, so you got the Electoral College, you got the president, so those are two undemocratic things. The president is undemocratic because of the fucking Electoral College. The Senate, though, no one ever talks the fact that the Senate is the most disgustingly undemocratic thing in the fucking world because every state gets two senators doesn't matter how people live in that state doesn't matter how much how much power or how much uh resources that state has or anything you still get two senators which is insane to me yeah i mean the whole i mean the way it was designed was that you know the house representatives this would be representative democracy whereas the senate is supposed to be like equal democracy or whatever the term is um and it sounds nice, but I don't know if it works out very well. Like, the city of Los Angeles has more people in it than the fucking state of Wyoming. But Wyoming gets two senators, and Los Angeles has to fucking share all their senators with the rest of the state, too. And they still only get two of them. How's that fair? Yeah. It's it's it, not good, and 
you know, we've all talked about something that really pissed me off this week. You know, last week we talked about how the life appointment for Supreme Court justices is insane. Yeah. And so I was looking on, I was on Reddit and there's like an Ask Reddit thread about, um, I don't know, just something about things that you think are wrong. And this, there's this person who was like, lately people have been talking about how because of the Brett Kavanaugh situation, it's stupid that Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments. And I was like, oh, this person's on my side. And they were like, that's fucking stupid because our Supreme Court justices shouldn't be, have to be hindered by current politics or um, trying to get reelected to um, influence their decisions over, you know, Supreme Court cases. And I'm like, what? The only thing, the only thing that keeps the politicians in America to have a semblance of honesty is the fact that they have to get reelected and they have to please people. If you, uh, yeah. if you take that away, then they can literally do whatever they want with impunity. Yeah. What kind and of fucking like, stupid idea is it that they shouldn't have to be responsible for what's happening currently in the world? I don't fucking get it either, man. It's like, it's like, that sounds like going back to the fucking nobility. Right, people who don't have any accountability to the people below them and have they they're there forever. Fuck that! I'm not going back to feudalism. Yeah, that's just. Oh my god! I fuck the person who made that comment. It was so stupid. I mean, I think that that Supreme Court justices should have. I, I mean, if if we have if we're, we're going to have to have them, if we're going to have a Supreme Court. Then they should have a a limited term. I mean, way more than way less than life. You know, like maybe at the most ten years, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, and they should be appointed not by the senate, not by, not by senators, because the senate shouldn't exist. They should be appointed by the president, who also shouldn't exist. Through the Congress, it should be through. And by the way, Congress needs to be expanded to to account for current population measures. Massively expanded. We need to add like a thousand seats to the house, if not more, to account yeah. for the, the new populations, which we have not done yet. We need to fucking change things so they can be more representative of the people who live here and not the entrenched elite interests that are already there. Exactly. And, I mean, honestly, I think they should be voted for by the people. I think Supreme Court justices should be voted for by the people. I just, I just think, in the end... Democracy needs to be that way, where people actually get a vote on pretty much everything that happens in our system. I mean, hey, I'm down for that, man. I think representative democracy is a fucking joke. They don't, they don't, they don't help us. Yeah, it's, it's a like joke that isn't funny. I mean, I guess you could have representative democracy if you didn't have capitalism. Sure, if if we got rid of the ability of people to be bribed or whatever by money, uh, they still wouldn't be perfect because they could still be bribed in other ways. But it would be better than it is now. But even then, we're at a point now in terms of technology and communications where we could probably govern ourselves a lot more efficiently. Yes. And, and not, speak- or at least more ethically. Speaking of hating capitalism, I think we should enlighten the listeners on who the new leader of the left is. <laughs> we talking about we talking about Comrade Gritty? No, we're talking about Fran Drescher. Oh, Fran Drescher, that's right. I forgot. The this nanny. Is a one. Yeah, this is like hot off the press. Well, the thing is, the tweet that I saw is actually from back in 2016. Damn, not hot off the presses. But we just now found out about it. She's been the leader of the left for a while. 
Basically, somebody made a comment on Twitter about how Democrats just want to use minorities to get votes, which, hey, I mean, true in a sense, right? Don't really care about uh, economically with those people. Don't don't care about their 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 so their material conditions. You know, we gay people can get married, but who gives a shit if they're poor, right? Yeah. Um, Fran Drescher said though, uh, in response to that, it's capitalism, not Democrat. So without an exploited working class, capitalism can't exist. We are all pawns of the ruling class. So yeah, I would just like to welcome uh, Fran Drescher from the nanny. As the new president of left, yeah, for sure. Um, she can she can call millennials. She can she she can come and, and speak. We'd love to hear it. We're gonna have her and Bernie on the same week. Yeah, it's gonna be almost unlistenable. Yeah, and it's two gonna be great. With, two people with extremely let's say powerful voices. Yes, powerful is a good word. And uh, we're gonna have we what we won't even talk. We we won't hear our voices at all. It'll just be them basically. Yeah. So it'll probably be our best episode. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Um, but, I mean, hey, hey here's the thing. Here, here's here's the thing. I, I want to leave everyone... Uh, well, we're not, we're not done with justice stuff by a long shot. We got more to talk about. But, after the Kavanaugh appointment, people were obviously feeling pretty down and uh, very angry and depressed. I know I was. Even though I knew it was coming, I was like, fuck, it, you know, it happened, right? So, it's fucking real now. Uh, I want to I want to read a quote though from a, a, a legendary uh, American communist who um, was uh, acting during the height of the the socialist movement here in America. Her name was Lucy Parsons, and she had a plan uh, for dealing with the situation, which I think we should probably give we should give it a fair shake in my opinion. Her plan was such: let every dirty lousy tramp arm himself with a revolver or knife and lay in wait on the steps of the palaces of the rich and shoot or stab the owners as they come out. Let us kill them without mercy. Let it be a war of extermination. Hardcore. Yeah, Lucy Parsons didn't fuck around. She was, uh, if you don't know about her, I recommend reading up on her. She was an extremely influential black communist in America and just uh, a personal uh, hero of mine. Yeah, I love her already. She's the... In memoriam, leader of the left. Yeah, for sure. But I want to talk real quick, Seth, about another thing that I saw that I literally just saw, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from this week, but maybe you've heard about this. It's uh, it, it's this is from boingboing.net, and the title of it, you're gonna love this, is "Officials Probe Mysterious Origin of Nazi Symbol on Fired Cops Flashlight." Mysterious origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where could this have come from? This might have... It might have been a flashlight from Nazi Germany. It might have been a souvenir. Um, so this is, this, is, this is a service flashlight. This is his official police flashlight. On it was written, The Wig Splitter. And below that is carved the SS symbol. Hmm. The double lightning bolts? Yeah, for super sweet. <laughs> and, you, hey, you want to know why he got fired? Oh, I, I would love to know. Uh, excessive use of force against a black man with the flashlight. But how did the swastika get there? <laughs> how could a Nazi symbol have gotten onto this innocent cop's flashlight? One and one is what? <laughs> I'm lost. 
It, uh... So, yeah. It, it fucking sucks. It's... It, it, I mean... Mysteri- yeah, I love that idea. The mysterious Nazi symbol. Boys, get call up fucking Scotland Yard. We got a we got a fucking thinker on our hands here. That is just. I mean, hey man. I don't know. Some things, some things, just don't surprise you anymore. The fact that they won't just own up to it. Like the the funny thing is, even after they fired him, they still won't admit that they hired a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, and now he now he he is fired. He is suing the police department, saying that they fired him for for the symbol or whatever. And if they did, good on them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, it turns out it's it's not it's actually not cool to have a Nazi on staff. Yeah, we uh, we watched a World War Two documentary last night. They were the bad guys. <laughs> So, and they, like, did some fucked up stuff, so we're going to have to, like, get rid of you. We're sorry, but we're not also sorry at all, because you're bad. We we actually Googled this uh, this SS symbol you put on here. It turns out this was used by, by really bad dudes. Did you know that? Whew. Imagine trying to come up with your excuses for that. Like, oh, no, that's our that's our version of that S symbol everyone drew on their Trapper Keepers back in high school. Remember yeah, that? It, stan- it stands for hope. <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> oh man, this really calls into question the concept of the Super Saiyan. Mm. <laughs> um. So yeah, cops are bastards and probably Nazis, and you definitely should never trust them. Yeah, if you're a cop who listens to this, come on the show. Yeah, come on the show. We want to talk to you about about your life as a police officer. It'd be great. We definitely won't. Uh, 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 ambush you or anything on the, on the podcast. With, with, we ambush with our words, NSA. With our words. I know they're listening. Yeah. Um, and also, NSA, if you want his address to leave me alone, I'll give it up. Um, <laughs> open book, just so you know. Oh, man. Um, okay, so one more thing I want to talk about in terms of justice. This is, this is our last uh, justice-related thing. So have you ever heard of uh, Darius McCollum? No. Wait, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. What do you know about him? Was he the one that was killed by a cop? No. Okay, never mind. Surprisingly not. He is called the Transit Bandit. He okay. is a New York man who grew up with a deep and and, and long, lifelong love of trains and buses. Anything that moves people around in, in large numbers, he loved them, right? And... He uh he's known as a transit bandit because at 15 years old, he was arrested for they called it joyriding on a on a, a New York subway train. He mm-hmm. had was actually driving it for one of the uh, railway workers who wanted to go hang out with his girlfriend. Apparently, he this this guy Darius knew how to drive the fucking train, so he was like, "You want to drive it for a while?" And he's like, "Sure," and got arrested because some fucking woman narked on him, right? Mm-hmm. And then when he went to juvie. And he's been in and out of jail for his entire life. This same thing, he 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 never would stop. He kept on driving buses and trains, and never one time was he ever arrested for a violent crime or putting people in danger. He he knows the routes. He drives them correctly. He just drives the fucking. Tra- he just drives it. He's just not supposed to, right? So they kept putting his ass in jail for this. Mm-hmm. Which is. 
to me, insane. I mean, what another great indictment of capitalism is in another in a better kind of society, this man will be employed as a transit worker. Yeah, like if he's that good at it, if he's just a savant of transit stuff, why put him in jail? Why not put his his talents to use? Yeah, I, don't, I just I don't understand that line of logic. Just be like, hey, cool, don't do this again. But we're gonna employ you, so you can't do it again. Yeah, it's like make him a legal worker. I mean, fuck. But here's the thing. He is now 53 years old. Uh, his first arrest was in 1980. Um, and he has been diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome, which, uh, okay, fair. Um, but the uh, a Brooklyn Supreme Court judge has ruled that he is suffering from a dangerous mental uh, disorder and he's going to be warehoused alongside violent criminals for what is likely to be the rest of his life. That is disgusting. Ruth Schillingford was the judge's name. Uh, he is apparently a danger to society. Okay, this is what this is what we're thinking about. He's, he is a danger to society. So he is currently known as, um, what is it called here? A track one offender, which is the most dangerous ass- assignation available, which will land him in a secure psychiatric institution indefinitely. His lawyer fought for him to be on track uh, three, which is like you're still you still have to be out in the open, but you have to like, you know you have to have mental uh, uh, help, right? And yeah. they shot that down. No, he is going to be housed with dangerous criminals, dangerous mentally ill criminals for the rest of his life for the crime of driving buses and trains correctly. What a what a wonderful system we live in. It's it's just like. Uh, it says he's been busted 30 different times for taking over trains and buses. See, taking over is a, is a weird way to say it because he doesn't take over buses. He just drives them. He doesn't steal and hurt anybody. He just does. He just goes and drives them the right time or the right way. And here's what uh, Schillingford had to say to get ready for this. So this is going to fucking infuriate you. Mm-hmm. The law is not set up to deal with people like him. But the sad fact is the law's not going to change. And so he's just going to get eaten up by the system. That's what she said. If only there was a way to fix the system. The law's not going to change makes me so fucking mad. Yeah. Maybe the law should fucking change. Yeah, also, laws do change. That's true. That happens. You are a judge. You should know that. It says right here that he can't protect himself because he's very childlike in, in his, like, demeanor. I, this this is... I'm getting so fucking depressed thinking about this. He's a childlike 53-year-old with Asperger's who's going to have to live around violent, dangerous fucking criminals for the rest of his life. Oh, here's another great view about our system. It says... Um, he wants, he was, he used to be kept at Kirby Forensic Psychiatric Center where he was treated poorly. Medical charts erroneously designated him as female, psychotic, and a white Irish alcoholic. Hmm. So the judge ordered him moved to Rikers, I- Rikers Island for his own safety. Yeah, they move, they normally move people to Rikers when they want them to be safe. Don't worry, man. It'll be really safe in fucking Rikers Island. Yeah. Also, Rikers Island? You could have a less menacing name. I was about to say that. It actually sounds like a 
somewhere you'd go in like a Batman video game. Dude, for real, I thought Riker's Isle was made up for Spider-Man comics because it sounded that dumb and, 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 and like menacing. Yeah. There's Riker's Island, and then there's fucking Alcatraz. Which is also a very... It's just like... My God, dude. And then the last part is his 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 uh, lawyer said this last thing here. She said uh, about the facility he's going to. Uh, Once you go there, you never come out. He's gone. It's fucked up. This beautiful, smart man. This this guy who 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 is a lover of 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 one of my favorite things too. Public transit. I love trains and buses and all that kind of shit. It's great. He's going to go to jail for the rest of his life with with dangerous criminals for never endangering anybody just for just for pursuing his passion. I just I can't I can't man. I mean, mean, hey, when we fucking we finally fucking have a revolution in this country, we fucking revolt. We need to bust his ass out of jail. Yes. And the violent criminals. (laughs) Hey, everyone, let's do the fucking the the, the goddamn uh, Dark Knight Rises shit. Free the prisoners. Give them guns. Fight back against the power. Yes. The Dark Knight Rises, a movie we could do several episodes about. Oh, my God. There's a lot to say about that movie. Um, But overall, Bane was the good guy. Bane was the good guy. Bane was a good guy, just like Killmonger. They had to give him something crazy to make him bad. Yeah. Although Killmonger's thing was probably a little crazier than Bane's. I mean, Bane wanted to nuke a a major American city. Yeah, and Killmonger wanted to just give weapons to people and just be like, hey, use them. With no direction, no leadership, no anything. Just, hey, start killing people. Yeah, fair enough. Um, But yeah, so that's my beat on on Justice this week. And now I'm depressed. So Seth, what do you got for me? Ooh. um, I don't know if I have anything better. I'll take um, anything. Let's see. Uh, oh, I can do... I'll do a, a mini review real quick. Okay. I saw a movie uh, two days ago, I think. Oh, boy. Um, is it Sunday? I think I saw it Sunday. Um, and it was interesting. It's a movie called Venom. <laughs> um, you may have heard of it. It's one of us. A new superhero movie. Um, Venom is a very popular villain of spider-man um people have been wanting him to have a movie for a long time he's played by tom hardy in the movie um you might know tom hardy from inception and that alone um but so it's it's interesting because it's another movie where it's got a pretty bad like if, you, if you're going by rotten tomatoes and stuff like that it's got pretty bad critic scores but audiences are seeming to like it um i don't know if the audiences are seeming to like it because they're trying to revolt against the critics because people just don't like when critics don't like stuff for some reason, even though it's their job to say if they like or don't like something. Um, but I didn't like it. Um, and I'm not going to go any spoiler territory because it is a very, very new, recent movie. But I will, I'll give a, a quick review of it. Is that aside from the dialogue and some unexplainable scenes, it didn't give me any reasons to glaringly hate it. But it also gave me zero reasons at all to like it, enjoy it, or have any fun while watching it. So, for that reason, I give Venom like a 1 out of 10. <laughs> like a 1 or a 2. I, w- I will say this. On Rotten Tomatoes, the, 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 the critic score is 30%. The audience score is forty is 89%. Damn. Audience 89? Venom. 
That is, they love that, that's so crazy to me because I just I was in the audience and my friend who I was watching it with. Normally, when we see a movie together, we wait, you know, two maybe 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 a minute into the credits where we like start talking about our review or whatever. As soon as the credits roll, he looks over at me and says, "I didn't like that." Okay. It was uh yeah I didn't I don't think it was a very good movie. I think it was barely a movie. But hey, if you like it, that's great. I'm glad you went and saw a movie that you liked. That's awesome. But I don't recommend it. I mean, for for like a comparison, I got two other movies here that have very low tomato scores. Um, so the Night School, the Kevin Hart vehicle, very low scores. Twenty seven percent critic score, forty eight percent audience score. So not too much of a differential. Also didn't like it uh, apparently. So I did, that one didn't have this. The Nun. You saw this, didn't you? I did see the Nun. How'd you feel about it? I mean, it's a horror movie. If you want to have some pretty good scares, there's a couple. The story is absolute dog shit and pretty much unwatchable, but I did like the scares. So so it's 26% credit score. And it is 41% audience score. Okay. So this is not... I think Venom might be, like, a, a like not unique. Obviously, it's probably happened before, but it feels like uh, it's not like the rest of them, you know? Do me a favor, and I have I've not looked this up. I might be wrong or right. I want you to look up Suicide Squad on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my God, this is gonna be great. Can't I want to I want to I want to know something. All right, I'm there. All right, what's the what's the tomato score? Twenty eight percent. What's the audience score? Sixty percent. Okay, so it is still significantly higher, I'd say. Yeah. Maybe not, not, not as much as in Venom's case. But I do think that this is a symptom of... Because with The Nun and Night School, there's not a lot of stuff hinging on this. But I think there is a phenomenon of people who watch a trailer or like a character or like an aspect so much that when they hear the movie is bad, they do everything they can to like it and to say that anyone who doesn't like it is just being biased. I can see um, that. I think Venom is that way because people have wanted a Venom movie for a long time. People people who don't even read Spider-Man comics and don't know anything about Venom are like, oh, I want a Venom. Venom's so cool. He's the he's the anti-hero. He's the, the funny, like, zany, whatever. Um, and then they got Tom Hardy to play him. People love Tom Hardy. He's very, very big. And people because of all that, people were so much wanting to like Venom that when the bad reviews came out, they were like, no, this is a good movie, and I'm going to make sure everyone knows I think it's a good movie. Um, I might be wrong. Maybe 80% of, or yeah, 89% of audiences just don't agree with me. I don't know. I'm just saying that I think that's a, it's a symptom of that kind of thing because I saw that with Suicide Squad a lot. That's why I brought it up because when Suicide Squad came out, dismal reviews just incredibly terrible reviews but i saw so many people who people who like were my friends who i respected were like oh no it was it was really good actually i I loved it and then the kind of people who were like had been wearing like harley quinn shirts and had been saying that they were excited about jared leto's joker and the way it looked and i feel like they didn't even watch the movie i feel like they just they they let it happen in front of them and decided they liked it beforehand they had to Um, it was dog shit so that's just my my opinion on this phenomenon that's going on. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, another. Uh, I just wanted to keep, keep doing a little bit of this because it's interesting. Uh, other movies are out recently with the same kind of symptom. Uh, Hellfest. Hellfest, okay. 43% uh, it's critical score. 
fifty percent audience score. Yeah, I've had I've had friends who's who've watched it and they said it's bad. Uh, one of our favorites of the year, uh, The Predator. Fuck that movie. Thirty three percent critical score, forty three percent audience score. Forty three? Yeah. That is way too high. Definitely way too. That high. movie's fucking sh- dog fucking shit. But now here's something: the Predator is again. This is this is interesting because it is like Venom, an established character people really like. Yeah, but I also think there's burnout. There's so many Predator movies these days. We talked about it. How there's all these movies: Predator, Predators, The Predator, Alien versus Predator. People are tired of it. We don't have it. We've never had a Venom movie before. That's true. Well, people we had Spider-Man Venom, three, but we that wasn't a Venom movie. That's true. Um, and it was barely even way, a Spider-Man can, movie. Can we talk about the fucking dumb fact? That, 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 why would that? Why would you try and make a Venom movie before you put him in Spider-Man? Why would you backport him into Spider-Man? Yeah, I don't know. Like his whole fucking deal is that he's he's Spider-Man, or he used to be a Spider-Man suit or whatever, right? Like that's his whole thing. Yeah, the setup is pretty weird in this movie. Um, and then they do a mid-credit scene that's terrible. And I re- literally, this is one of the only movies ever where I was like, usually I watch the post-credit scenes even if I don't like the movie that much. Um, so I watched the mid-credit, and then during the post-credit, I was like, is, the po- is there a post-credit scene? So I looked it up, and I might, e- I might even be wrong about this. But I read that the post-credit scene was the first five minutes of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's what I read, so I just okay. didn't even watch it because like I'll just read, I'll just watch that movie when it comes out. Okay, yeah. Um, but for all I know, that wasn't true, and there actually was another end credit scene that I just didn't even fucking watch. Okay. Um, and here's another thing too. Okay, let's let's say you, you do it this way: you 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 make Venom movie first. You don't put him in Spider Man. You backport him in Spider Man. Don't even don't even cross him over for some dumb reason. Why not just go whole fucking? Why not just go ham and make it an R-rated movie? Yeah, I mean, Venom can't even be in the Spider-Man movies at this point, can he? I don't think so, no. Exactly. So, yeah, just go crazy. Do what you did, do what Deadpool did. Because I will say this about Venom. It was different. It was different than all these other superhero and movies. You see something kind of like what Deadpool did. Deadpool was different and very had, had a zany, funny backdrop, and it worked out very well for that movie twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Venom actually had the makings of that. It had the makings of a movie that could be R-rated and fun. Sadly, I mean, even even the PG-13 level jokes they wrote were terrible. There were just so many cringy moments with the jokes. But maybe maybe if they got it already and they could do something a little more, it would at least have been maybe a little more fun to watch with the violence. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they've, they're trying to stick to this PG-13 thing. I thought that, I mean, after Deadpool came out, people were like, oh, we want to experiment more with, like, rated R superhero movies. So I think they should they should do that. They should start experimenting more. I mean, here's the thing. The, the, the audience that grew up liking Venom were kids in the 90s who are now well into their, their late 20s, 30s now. Yep. So they can go watch an already movie. Yeah, like, I don't know, people who are 13 and under, they don't know who, no offense, they don't know who Venom is. They don't give a shit. What do they know about Venom? Why do they care? The 90s was the era of Venom. Why are we trying to, I don't know, it is weird. Uh, two more quick important facts from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Hotel Artemis. Uh, which me and you went and saw. Not that great, unfortunately. Pretty, not that pretty great. meh. It wasn't uh, a waste of time, but could have been well spent, better spent. 57% on the critical score, which I think is a mm-hmm. decent. That, that's how it should be, I think, probably. That's decent, yeah. Uh, audience score, 33%. Damn. 
audiences did not like it. I can see that though. It's it's not like I don't think it's a very audience pleasing movie. Yeah, and then the last one that I want to talk about is my favorite movie of 2018. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. 90% critical score. 93 now. Audience score, 64%. Damn. The, the people aren't ready, for, aren't ready for communism yet. At least not people who go to see these movies aren't. Yeah, that's a, that's a drop right there. Yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still like a, a whatever. It's still a positive score technically, but it should be way higher than 64%. So. Yeah. But yeah, nothing, none of that in my mind yet has explained Venom and why there's this incredible discrepancy between its its tomato score and its yeah. audience score. I guess you got to see it for yourself. Yeah. But Bobby, did you hear about what happened with this movie with Lady Gaga's movie too? I heard it's actually pretty good. Well, apparently for for like promotion or whatever, the the whoever's running the like advertising for the Lady Gaga A Star Is Born movie, they yeah. had set up dozens and hundreds of bots to go online and tweet about how bad Venom was and how you should go see A Star Born A Star Is Born instead. I think we talked about this on the last episode. Did we? I think we did. That's some wild ass shit. Yeah, so apparently Lady... The article I read attributed it to Lady Gaga fans, mm-hmm. which maybe that's what it was, but if it was the marketing team, it's kind of weird. Which is strange, because apparently Star is Born is actually a good movie, so don't even worry about competing with Venom. You'll be remembered in history. Yeah, I mean, I saw the, the, the usernames, and a lot of them were pretty obviously bot names, though. They were like name and then 16 let numbers behind it. Yeah, and some of them were like Gaga Head 44 or something that I'm yeah. like, hmm, interesting. So yeah, and, and it was all—it was funny because funny like all those tweets were just saw Venom, terrible movie. Gonna take my f- family to see a Star Is Born, even though Venom hadn't come out yet. No, it hadn't. How'd you? Yeah, it's great. Um, oh, yeah. So that's your review of Venom and some yeah stuff. I think uh, I think we're tapped for the week. Actually, I have one more thing I want to talk about. You got one more? And this is this is relevant to you, I think, as a computer guy. A uh, computer guy, yes. Computer Finally, man. my power. So, this is a great thing from Motherboard. Uh, was posted today, actually. You're going to love this first paragraph, Seth. Mm-hmm. America's newest weapon systems, the F-35 jet missile systems, other cutting-edge machines, aren't ready to withstand cyber attacks and can be easily hacked using basic tools. Cool. Cool. <laughs> love to hear that. Love to hear that, right? That's just fascinating. And also, we, even if it's true, why publish it? Uh, dude, who the fuck knows, right? Because if the security is bad, yeah, people who are really good at finding stuff will figure it out. Don't let everyone know. <laughs> Damn. He says that the, uh, the report is from the Government Accountability Office. Um, Man, says by right the way, here, Government Accountability Office, uh, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> that exists. We y'all fucking up over there. You got some work to do. What are you getting paid for? Fucking, you gotta take no more vacations. You gotta it work overtime. Right, it says right here they found mission critical cyber vulnerabilities in nearly all weapon systems that were under development. According to the report, software enabled functions that are potentially susceptible to compromise, including targeting missiles and flying aircraft. Wow. The F-35 pilot helmet alone connects to a complicated data feed from various outside systems, and that connectivity has created new vulnerabilities. It says right here, 
The, their report suggests that the Pentagon has done a terrible job of accounting for their own vulnerabilities. Quote, the Pentagon's own testing shows they can be pretty easily hacked. Fantastic. Here's a great one. The Pentagon didn't bother to change the default passwords on multiple weapon systems using commercial or open source software, the report says. Yes, you, you have scratched the part of my computer guy brain that goes crazy for this kind of shit. That the is password just, is, is ad- admin or password. Yeah, it's like root is your password. <laughs> God damn. Oh, man. For, this is for our weapon systems. Oh, here's a great, here's a great one, too, as well. Um... Another team reported that they, or another testing reported that they, they caused a pop-up message to appear on user terminals and showing to insert two quarters to continue operating. Multiple test teams reported they were able to copy, change, or delete system data, including one team that downloaded a hundred gigabytes. Insert quarters. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I love it. Oh, here's, here's a good one. Besides software vulnerabilities, the Pentagon wasn't practicing basic internet security hygiene, the, the Gal report found. Quote, mm-hmm. poor password management was a common problem in the test reports we received, the report said. Quote, one test report indicated that the test team was able to guess an administrator password in nine seconds. Multiple weapon systems used commercial open source software, but did not change the default password. Wow. Again. <laughs> So Seth, how do you how, how do you feel about the safety of our uh, of our nation right now? <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm like at this point, I'm like, side. you know what? We fucking we're, hey, you know how they always say? Uh, this is, actually, this is a terrible joke for me to make, but uh, uh, we were asking for it. Yeah. At this point. To be fair. Hack my missiles, bro. Just do it. But yeah. Uh, Unless you have any more things, I think I think we're done. No, I think we're out for the week. This All has right. been the Lenios Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Life of Seth. I'm at MC Surf. Marcus art. Barkley did our art, and he basically doesn't exist. Yep. And uh, if I die, um, it was cool. What? What is this? A new sign off? No, it's just like in case a storm kills me. Oh, okay. Which it definitely won't because you're overreacting. Um. Fuck Kevin Durant and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lead a horse to water, but it won't get under it. We've stopped trying to solve our problems, just trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, it's the Alenios Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.